as a Sunday school class goes to their room. Appreciate our Sunday school teachers, Sister Carmen, Sister Ashley. Praise God. We love them, and they do such a great job. And appreciate Sister Madeline, Sister Katie doing such a great job regularly. Appreciate everybody just doing everything they can. Amen. God bless you for it. Second Timothy 2. We started this last Sunday evening and uh, just felt like coming back to this again today. Praise God. Appreciate your prayers. Appreciate. Uh, I, I need them. I don't want to. I've. I, I take this so seriously. The confidence that you have coming here regularly, and uh, and I don't expect anybody just to just come to church and and uh, you know get what you get. That's that's it. I, I want uh, I want God's spirit to move in every service, and I want God to help us, and I want you to be able to know that God helped you today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Second Timothy two. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you again for your precious presence, God. So, so valuable to us, Lord, to know that you are here, Lord, not only just moving in a, that we can feel it, but Lord, that you would touch our hearts and our lives with the truth of your word, that it would be anointed and alive today. And God, that we would have an ear to hear what your spirit would say. We are living in perilous times. God, we need that clear sound from heaven today more than ever before. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Timothy 2, verse 1 says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, that the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it gets difficult. Sometimes you just got to endure. No man, here's, here's help though. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if any man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. God bless you. You can be seated. There is uh, an amazing vision that we see that God has placed in Paul in verse 2 as he talks to Timothy. I don't want to spend a lot of time with it, but Timothy now as he has grown, or uh, Paul rather, as he has been anointed and been laboring for God, he is now pouring his heart and and his knowledge and his wisdom into Timothy as he calls him his son in the gospel. Paul has an understanding that this is bigger than just me. And he is seeing a, a young Timothy and mentoring him, pastoring him, if you will, and enabling him to fulfill his role in the kingdom of God. And in that process of teaching him and and enabling him, equipping him for the ministry, he says, I want that to be in you. I want you to have that same vision of pouring yourself into others. Now get this. He qualifies who to spend that time with. He says, I want you 
to minister, to equip leaders that will be able to help others. Do you see that there are four generations represented here of Paul pouring himself into Timothy, saying, you go ahead and pour yourself into others who will be able to equip others. That kind of idea that, hey, God's going to come for a church. We know he's coming soon, but I want to have a ministry in my life that I'm blessing others, that they can be a blessing to others. Amen. Talks about the battle, talks about being a soldier in these scriptures, because sadly, a lot of folks get excited about doing something for God and being a Christian, but it doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. I feel like there's some times where, especially new Christians, you got to say, hey, wait a minute, I know you feel like you're almost in heaven. And God's doing so many amazing things. And you look around and see all these perfect people. And then you start realizing that we're not in heaven yet. Don't be disturbed. Don't get discouraged. Amen. And, And some of the things, some of the tests we go through, some of the trials we go through, and we can just all of a sudden, and this is really where we're going with this, we can get mad at the devil and, hey, stay mad at the devil. But recognize that... It's not always something's wrong because everything is is not easy. As a soldier, you don't wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Something must be wrong. This battle's tough. Well, the very definition of battle means it's tough. It's 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 going to be challenging. But like we said earlier, there's purpose in it. There's meaning in it. We're we're pressing forward in this battle and we've got a we've got a vision. We've got a goal to attain. We said this to you Sunday night. I want to review a little bit. Those of you that were able to be here Sunday night. Problem with a lot of Christians. And see, I want you to understand that it's easy to point at this world and say, you know what the problem with this world is today? But we really need to look at ourselves first. The Bible says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. We've got to be able to say, okay, God, I don't want to be just the one that points the finger at everybody. What about me? How am I doing, God? Problem with a lot of people, they're talking about the battles, and there are some battles. Families are going through battles. Churches are going through battles. The nation, we said earlier, is going through battle, and the world is going through battles. Amen. As individuals, we're fighting battles. But what I find as a pastor who's doing my best to To motivate us to accomplish what God has got us here for just a short period of time to accomplish. To be effective as soldiers. Amen. That when you start talking to folks about, about the battle they're in, about the trial they're facing, problem is when people are, sometimes they say, you know, I hear people say, well, I've been fighting the devil all day long. And, you know, the pastor this is going to be the pest. <laughs> what do you mean by that? You're fighting the devil. Come on. I hope you're winning. All right. uh, you don't mind your own business. <laughs> Wait a minute. What, what do you really mean by that? You're fighting the devil. Got him under your feet? All right. Got him on the run? Right. You're on the winning side. 
See, I'm coming from this from an angle that's that's the Bible. Amen. I'm coming from this from knowing what Jesus said about fighting the devil. So you know what? Hallelujah. You ought to have a smile on your face if you've been fighting the devil. You ought to be excited about fighting the devil. Mind your own business. (laughs) See, because what they mean by fighting the devil is they're getting beat up. They've been going through some things, and the only thing they understand about the battle is, oh, it's so hard, it's so difficult, help me get through this battle. We'll get through winning. Most Ah, I'm getting by, I'm surviving. You ought to be thriving. Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the only time he shows up. If he's around, he's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. So... Yeah, the devil's going to get in the way. You're going to you're going to face some trials. I think a lot of folks there. This is something I just felt like the Lord put in my spirit last night. This idea of the devil fight. You know, you know, just because there's a devil fight doesn't remove the 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 understanding of personal responsibility. I think what happens is a lot. You know, if we would just take responsibility for our life and and the challenges that we face, and we understand that we can't really control some of the things that we are 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 wake up to in the morning, or or, or some of the things we face throughout the day, but we can control how we navigate through it by faith. Uh, people just want to throw it off on the devil and say, "Well, you don't understand," and uh, and then justify a bad attitude. Justify fear. Justify worry, doubt, negativity. Because, oh, the devil's doing this, the devil's doing this. Hey, the devil's doing a lot, but listen, we've got to to fight back and overcome. Amen. Amen. Time to understand that God has equipped us with enough of the word of God to be overcomers, to be able to come through some challenges with uh, an attitude of faith. Amen. With an attitude, an understanding of victory and that God's plan is working all things together for our good. We've got to ask ourselves the question, are we fighting? Are we doing battle? Are we overcoming? Or are we just going through another trial, another test, and saying the devil did this and the devil made me do that and all? And, and rather than 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 prayer, rather than holding on to the promise, rather than getting a hold of what God is trying to say to us and do through us, and see the bigger picture in all of it. See, the Bible talks about. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings of an eagle. When you're flying above the storm, you have an eagle-eye view of what's really going on. Too many times God's equipped us to be that eagle, to fly above the storm, and we're wandering around with our head hung down, and God's saying, look up! We're looking at the trouble. We're looking at the trial. We're looking at the battles. But we're not looking at what God has said about it. We read to you uh, Sunday night, Luke 10, verse 19. Jesus told his disciples, behold, I give unto you power. Somebody say power. power. Power to tread, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Where's that attitude of faith? That says, oh, 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 I'll tell you what, the devil's doing this, and I saw this on the news, and I saw this in my community. I saw this walk into church the other day. 
Where's your attitude of walking on, treading on serpents and scorpions? Oh, yeah, but what if the devil can't do anything? When you are able to tread on him, nothing shall by any means harm you. That ought to give us a, a mindset, an attitude of faith that is not in constant fear and dread. Amen. I'm not talking. I know a lot of people, oh, you know, you want to be so careless. I don't believe in carelessness. I believe in faith. I believe in having an attitude that says, listen to me, we are on the winning side. The goal, the goal that God had in mind when he set you free from your sins was not to just get you out of the world and put you in heaven. You ever feel like that? I've heard people say it already. You know, what's the point here now? I'm saved. Let me get to heaven. Well, don't hurry it. You get there soon enough. But God's got a plan to make you free. Amen. But that's not it. To sit back and be proud of being free or, or being able to look around at others and say, you know what? I'm free. They're not free. Look at them. They're really not free. But to be able to help somebody else get free. To help somebody else have victory. You've got a specific testimony that God did in your life. That's going to be in some situations. God's got circumstances set up uh, that are going to be more effective than, than what I can tell them. Amen. You're going to be around a, a sphere of influence that you're going to be able to be a help and a blessing to. But what I feel like has deceived a lot of people that are equipped. You've got everything you need. You've got a, a tool chest just full of every 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 bit of equipment you need to get the job done. God has not forgotten one bit of giving you what you need to accomplish his goals. You remember what the goal is? For you to get victory and help others get victory. Help others see Jesus is, is great. Help others see that they, he's better than their sin, better than the bondage of, of all the things that have pulled them down and bound them up. Amen. One thing I've always seen, you say, well, does God answer prayer? He answers prayer. Of course he does. Some things, you know, are a matter of timing. Some things are a matter of just finding the will of God. But I'll tell you this, when I've seen God, times where I've said, God... There's a job to do. I need the tools to do it. I've never seen him step back and not answer that. He's going to help you get the job done. You just have to start doing what he's called you to do. You've got to start thinking about, okay, God, you've done something amazing in me. Help me to, to, to spread the word. Help me to bless other people with this. Help me to let them see how great you are through what I say and what I live. But the problem is, in that goal, in that job that we have to do, God, God's greater than everything that was against you. There's nothing. You know that. We tread on serpents and scorpions. God's given us power over all the power of the enemy. But we're looking in this world so full. We're coming up to the end. A lot of things. You know how many times I think just recently somebody said, what's this world coming to? An end. Yeah, everything that he said is happening, was going to happen, is happening. But he told the church, listen, he told the church these are perilous times. Not because we have to be afraid of what the devil's doing, but we've got to be afraid that we slip into an attitude of complacency. 
slip into an attitude uh, where we are not accomplishing what God's called us to accomplish. One of the ways I've seen the enemy do it the most is that he gets us focused on all the things the devil's doing. Amen. Gets us good at it. We are going to we are going to 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 know more, you know, with with all the the news and all the uh, all the parades that are going on, all the things that we see. All right, hey, I know it, it's it's getting it, we're going towards an end. But where's our faith? Where's our faith? I'm not ignorant about what the devil's doing. I'm not ignorant about how our communities and our culture is being affected with a, a very very. Dark and evil, anti-Bible, anti-God agenda. I understand that. But at the end of the day, I've got to be ready to do my part to, to do what God's called me to do. To be about my father's business. And he hasn't called us to be commentators. He hasn't called us to be experts of everything that's wrong. But let's just go ahead and shine the light and be excited about what is right. Because look what it says. We're going to get back to this again. This, this probably isn't the first time you heard me turn to 2 Corinthians 10. It's not going to be the last time. Because before, before we can help a world that is lost, yeah. addicted, depressed, right. enslaved by sin, deceived by false religion, deceived by a culture that says they were... They, they were a cosmic accident rather than a creation with, of God's, from God's heart. Yes. We're going to have, have to have to have victory in our own minds and in our yes. lives. Right. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought unto to the obedience of Christ. I want, us to hear, I want you to hear what I have to say. I've never seen a time where people are more wise to what the enemy's doing. I've never seen a time where people can really get all the effects of darkness that are going on in our community, coming against the church coming against our homes, our families. But I've never seen such a lack of faith. You can't hardly pull people away from talking about the wrong to claim a promise anymore. You can't hardly get somebody to stop talking about how bad, how wrong, how messed up, all the challenges, all the... And and it's, it's sunken people into a place of despair and hopelessness. And it's done it so subtly because you can feel like you're smarter than everybody else. Because you can tell them, hey, but you don't know how bad it is, but you don't understand. Hey, you know what? Just because I don't spend my time obsessing over the works of the devil doesn't mean I'm ignorant of his devices. But we've got to a place that when you start talking about faith and promise and how exciting it is, that excitement has left the room in some places. That excitement of how God can bring victory and healing and set somebody free has they they've lost that because they've settled into a mindset of knowing how bad it is. And I'm not disagreeing with you. We're living in the last days. 
I'm not disagreeing with you. I see it. I know it. I get it. But God help me. I'm not, I'm not wasting my time allowing because I see it. The negativity, the bitterness, the anger, the fear that comes in because all we do is obsess with all the challenges. And then you say, Hey, God's going to set somebody free. I don't, not in a day like today. God can give us protection and healing. No, no, no. You don't know how bad the devil. Hey, listen to me. God is still on the throne. God is still overcoming. Amen. And too much of our life. Oh, you can go ahead and praise the Lord. That's all right. Too many people in churches have lost that excitement and that faith because their focus is on the enemy. I get it. He's working. I get it. But God's working. And that's so much more exciting. We talk about it all the time. Everybody, oh, what, what do you know, want to know about Revelation and, and, and the mark of the beast and the Antichrist and, and, the, and the horns and the heads and all that. Hey, what about Jesus? Yeah. Read the first line. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. One place the Word of God says the, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. You want to you want to look at end times? Get your eyes on the on the coming of the Lord. Get your eyes on that one that's going to break through the clouds. Amen. Get your eyes on the one that is going to call us home. Amen. When I see the events in the world today, the culture and how it has been corrupted, I saw uh, I saw just this morning a a, a news clip of a of a. Uh, uh, of a school district that was just right next to the school that I went, uh, I graduated from in, in Lancaster County. Um, Hemfield Township had a, had a, a, a drag queen um, production in the high school. I see these things. I understand. I get it. You get angry. You get upset. You, you pray for, for young minds and for people that are so manipulated Amen. In the schools that are supposed to be backing up the families and now they, they, they work against the families. Amen. But when I see I could go on and on and on and you all could go on a little bit longer than me, maybe even of all the things in the culture that is that that is so just ungodly and unrighteous. At the end of the day, it's got to motivate us to say, OK, God. I'm, sh- I'm showing up for duty. What do you want me to do? Because complaining about it and spreading how horrible it is and getting angry, you know what? You're ending up doing more good for the opposite team. Because nobody wants that negative, grumpy attitude. Nobody's looking at that and saying, oh, I want what you've got. But when you can be excited about, hey, you know what? I want to try to be an influence to young people. I want to try to encourage somebody. Maybe there's somebody in this church and they look like maybe they're going through some things. I want to let them know how important they are to the church and how important they are to God. See, what you're doing is something positive that is directly related to the thing that's making you mad. What can I do about it? I can sit around and I can get angrier and I can get more, more frustrated and, and, and complain more and have that attitude that is so negative and that can develop into to, to fear. Or I can say, okay, God, how can I be salt and light in this day, in this culture? What can I really do about all that? I can try to touch a life. 
And what good is that? That's like what God called you to do. Right there on your job, right there in your neighborhood, right there in your family. And if every one of us can just touch a, a life for, for, for good and let them see joy, let them see peace, let them see love. That's what we're called to do. But you know what? When I got this rattling around in my mind about how gross and how negative and how horrible it is, and I'm just like, oh, and I, and I start seeing it around the community. I see little shades of it here and somebody, oh, and it just, oh, I get inside myself and I'm so frustrated. And maybe there was somebody that you just walked past that you could have been kind to. You could have showed them who Jesus was. Amen. It isolates us rather than sends us out. It makes us fearful. Things are changing. Things are getting bad. And I'm, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. What about the church? And what about, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's not easy. Well, praise the Lord. Not just seeing it in the community, but reaching out. The Bible talks about they threw out that net, brought in all kinds of fish. And it challenges us. It, it takes us out of our, our comfort zone. Amen. What's God want you to do? Yeah. All right. All right. How's God want you to deal with this? Right. See, we're going to answer before him. Right. We're going to stand before him. Yeah. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing more valuable in the kingdom of God than a soul that's worth the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. Yes, sir. We're challenged in this generation, but God's called us to this time. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Right. We're seeing all the things that we're up against. Right. I tell you, it makes me very frustrated gets me very frustrated when you got a job to do and you know you don't have a lot of time to do it and it's not an easy job. And you're sizing it up, but you're putting on your work gloves, you're rolling up your sleeves, you're getting all your tools cleaned up and ready to go. And you know all the things that are against you because things always go wrong and things are always challenging. And then somebody comes by and say, you know how... You know how hard this job's going to be, don't you? Yeah, I do. You know what could go wrong? Yeah, probably that and a couple other things. You know what all this is up against? Yeah, I know. But you know what? You're kind of getting in my way. (laughs) I I already know all that, but you know what? I'm going to get to work anyway. I'm going to do everything I can to get a job done. Amen. We can sit around, and that's what a lot of folks do. They're smart. They're so smart, they don't get anything done. They sit back, and it's a, it's a very easy way to be lazy. Yeah, you know what? The Bible talks about a sluggard. He says, there's a lion out there. I can't go to work today. He's got all kinds of reasons to go back in and take a nap. But thank God for laborers. Thank God for people that are saying, yes, I know we're up against a lot. But you know what? The devil's up against a lot. I said the devil's up against a lot when we've got people that are on fire for God and have faith in the word of God and keep our focus on the job that is at hand. Not allowing ourselves to slip into an attitude of negativity, an attitude of complaining, an attitude of fear. Amen. But an attitude of faith. Faith that says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to endure hardness like a good soldier. We're going to face some things. Amen. Amen. We're going to face some things. This Bible is full of situations where some of them face the lion's den. Some of them face the fiery furnace. Amen. Amen. Well, turn with me to it in Hebrews. This isn't the most exciting part of it. 
But, you know, Hebrews 11 goes through a list of all the, the faith. Brings out things like people like Moses and Jacob and Joseph. And, and you drop down to the end of it, it says verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others. Hey, listen, I know all the great stories of miracles and power, but you know there were others that just went through it and suffered. And when you're struggling, when you're suffering, when you're seeing problems in your own family, in your own community, in your own church, in your own nation. Amen. And you're saying, I want to see victory. I want to see I want to see giants fall. I want to see walls flattened. I want to see Philistines destroyed. And yeah, me too. But you'll keep doing God what God called you to. Even when look what it says. Others were tortured. That's your Bible. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others of trial, of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yet moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. I can tell you a lot of folks, man, Peter was in prison and the doors just opened up. He come walking through because of a good prayer meeting. Right. Amen. They had so much faith praying that, that Rhoda came to the door, ran back in and said, Hey, I, 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 Peter's out there. Nah, come on. Let's get back to praying for him. Yeah. <laughs> right. But look what it says. Mockings, but Paul, he went through some things. And when it was all said and done, he didn't whine and complain and say, it was just too hard for me to do anything. For God, you don't know what I was up against. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept my faith, kept the faith. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. You know, that's old English for being cut to pieces. They were tempted. Slain in the sword, wandered about in sheepskin, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Yep. You're going to go through some things. That's all right. All right. Don't let that hold you back from being effective for God. Right. Things you see that challenge your comfort zone. We're not in the fight for the comfort zone. The soldier doesn't look for a comfort zone. Right. Soldier looks to accomplish the directive, the goal that was given to him. God's called us to shine a light. Say, I tell you what, we're up against a lot in this last day. Yeah, you're you're not kidding. Our families are fighting some battles and and, and the problems we have with technology and the problems that we have that, that, that so much is against just the, the, to have a, a, a solid family unit and a, and a strong church that can back that up and, and strengthen that and all these things that are against us. And you know what? I, I really don't like to sit around and talk about everything that's against us. Let's start looking at what God has for us. Because I've seen, let me say it again, an attitude shift that people get content with an attitude of negativity and fear and doubt and worry. And that's all that's in their mind rattling around. That's all that comes out of their mouth. All along, feeling like, well, I'm just telling you what's out there. I'm telling you what's right. Yeah, but God. (laughs) But God. 
But God has given us victory and God has given us. It's not because it's a lack of a challenge. No, it's because of the challenge. He's equipped us to be overcomers. David stepped out of a crowd of soldiers and he was a shepherd. He wasn't a soldier. He took care of, of his dad's sheep. And all the soldiers saw this giant. And they could tell you how tall he was. They could tell you how much, I'm sure, what experience he had. They could tell you about his armor bearer and how big his sword was or spear was. And his sword was and, and all the, 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 the plate mail that he was wearing and everything about him. And they stood back there and saw him and heard him. And their knees are knocking together because they're so scared. And... David walks up and says, is there not a cause? And his brothers were, go back to your few sheep. We know you're out here just trying to stir up trouble. We know you're so naughty, little boy. He said, somebody needs to get out there and take the head off that thing. Do you hear what he's saying about our God? Somebody needs to get mad at the devil. Somebody gets to be mad enough that they're tired of being sucked into the vortex of the dark, negative, complaining, fault-finding of everything and get active and say, okay, God, I might not only have a couple months or a couple years. I hope you have more than a couple months. And, and do something for the kingdom of God. The Bible talks about a time in, in Esther that there was... A holocaust brewing. Right. Nothing less than genocide planned. Yeah. Haman had a plan to destroy every last Israelite. Yeah. And here's a young lady that God, through a, a series of really horrible events, has in a place where now it makes sense. Now, all these things that I thought were ridiculous, now, now maybe I'm in a place where I can do something for God. And her cousin Mordecai says, for such a time as this, this is what it was all about. It wasn't about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. And she's scared. And she risks her life. But she steps out in faith. And, and rather than saying this whole nation is just, just lost, screaming 100 miles an hour toward hell. But God called me here for such a time as this. I wish somebody could hear it down in their heart. That when you're looking at this world and all the things that are trying to trip you up and trying to... Pull you down and, and and subtly trying to cause you to just stop caring. Stop trying. Stop reaching out and telling people how good God has been to you. And letting them know that he can do that for them. That you've seen all the things you're up against and all the problems and all the setbacks. That we are called to this day for such a time as this that everything you're seeing I'm not telling you but the perils the dangerous times that Paul talked about 
is not because the devil's going to get a get victory. That's never been the case. The perilous times is are God's people going to be rocked to sleep? Are God's people going to be pulled into a, a, a hard, calloused shell of inactivity because they've accepted an attitude of negativity, fear, worry? Where's faith? It's time for faith to be allowed to rise up. It's time for you to allow yourself to hear words of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because we will stand before God. Over and over again, God tells the church in Revelation 2 and 3, I know your works. I know what you're up against. You're not going to tell me how hard it was. Amen. But I know what you did. Sitting back and being a commentator is not accomplishing the will of God. Sitting back and being able to see what other people aren't doing is not is not the will of God. Sitting back inactive in doubt, worry and fear is not the will of God. But there is a work to do. I really believe that there's too many Christians that believe that work cannot be done because the devil has gotten too strong. And that day will never come. I said that day will never come. We are still the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. We still have every promise in the word of God. It's not, hey, look at how strong the devil is. It's, hey, where is the church that can stand up and say, you know what? God is for us. God is for us. Who can be against us? We are more than conquerors in him. We are going to stand up and reach somebody. We're going to stand up and we're going to pray against the strongholds. We're going to stand up and do more for the kingdom of God than ever before. Oh, I wish others would get excited about this. It's up to you. You've got the responsibility. Why be weak? Why choose inactivity when God has done so much for you? Too much is given. Much is required. Oh, let us all stand. Praise God. Sister Katie, if you can come. Can we just reach out to God right now? God, here I am. God's trying to shake us out of an attitude of complacency, of laziness, self-satisfied because we see all the problems. I wish everything was easy. But I'll tell you what, what a waste of time. We could stay up all night long talking about what we wish. But we're soldiers called to battle in these last days. Things your family's going through, things you're that are going through your heart and your mind, I want to tell you, God's got victory for you. But it's not enough to just say, you know what, it's too tough. It's too much. It's time to start praying. It's time to start exercising faith. It's time to start standing on promises. I want to help us in these next couple weeks, Lord willing, to look at what we can do. Look at how we can overcome. Look at what God has given us to equip us to win the battle. Casting down imaginations is the first step. Let's get this doubt, let's get this fear out of our minds. Come on, this altar's open. You want to come pray? You want to pray right there? Kneel at your pews, but let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord.
so much worry.
Lord, I pray you just take every thought of anxiety and fear and cast down those imaginations, that negativity, that worry, God, cast it down in our lives and help us to walk, Lord, with victory. God, I pray you just go with us today, Lord. Give us your strength day by day, Lord, to shine light, open doors for us to see, Lord, the need around us and to minister, to help somebody see how great you are. Keep us safe as we travel. Keep us in protection and good health, Lord. We thank you for it. We believe it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you.